0: So, as you can see, the cows are very humble. They try to avoid the worship. <laughs> All the attention. But they weren't much attention. And that's something our spiritual culture brings to to mind. It's uh, thought in the West often that in India they do this crazy thing of worshiping the cow, and uh, and the uh, the phrase what is the phrase? Sacred, sacred cow. The sacred cow has become. Um, a phrase, an idiom, uh, for really people who hold something sacred that shouldn't be sacred because it gets in the way of progress. And so it's thought about India and its, uh, for many centuries, of course, a largely agrarian based culture. Things change, of course, with the um, industrialization of america and europe and the, the marketing of such um, with the the idea that it's the uh, greatest blessing on the earth industrialization <laughs> and uh, so resistance to to that in the form of for example which still goes on in many of the villages hanging clinging to a more simple lifestyle, agrarian-based lifestyle, and the cow is revered in that lifestyle for the simple reason that the, the cow, amongst um, animals, is uh, is of course a animal that lends herself to being domesticated, and in the context of those that lend themselves to be domesticated, she's the most um, she she offers the most uh, to human society in exchange for the kind of uh, protection that uh, is offered. I saw v- a documentary many years ago and they uh, brought up a question, a historical question, that was very interesting. And um, the question was whether the humans domesticated the cows or the cows domesticated the humans. Hmm? Because uh, with regard to the latter which seems more reasonable in one sense, the uh, civilization, in a a way, begins with agriculture. In other words, we move from hunting and gathering and and hunting, killing animals, for example, for our um, sustenance, to agriculture, where certain animals lend themselves to having a relationship with the human society in such a way that, for the for protection, taking them out of the of the wild, so to speak, where they have to um, uh, struggle for themselves, and there are predators and so on and so forth, protect, providing a, pr- pr- a protective I- environment and and assurance of feed and so on and so forth. The uh, the, the cow, in return, uh, gives the milk, and the bull, as it was, tilled the fields and so forth, and so. Rather than, for example, killing the bull and maybe, and the cow or one or the other, and then the meat would maybe hold over through the winter and so forth, the, the genius idea that the cows suggested, why don't you take care of us? <laughs> and we will plow the field and give milk and so forth, and you can have a whole storage of food you know, for, the, for the winter, hmm? um, grain and so forth, or whatever you're going to grow. So this, uh, is the, right at the cusp there, the, 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 cows come in right where human society becomes, um, uh, begins its, uh, civilization, turning from hunting and gathering to, to growing. Hmm? And, um, and, so they have an, an important, uh, have had an important role in the society and in, uh, and, and, and as such, in India, for example, they were seen to be amongst animals those that were that offered the most in exchange for this kind of domestication. Um, cows eat grass basically. This is their main meal, and as you may have experienced, grass grows even on the concrete practically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So the implication of that is that it's 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 not expensive or hard to grow grass. And that's all the cow asks. And in exchange for the grass, she gives milk from which you can make butter and cheese and, well, uh, if you come spend some time here, then you may be amazed at the things that can be made with with milk. It's quite a miracle uh, food. Hmm? And uh, all this for a little bit of grass. Hmm? The value is is, uh, the input, if you will, is very little and the output is considerable. And what to speak of the grass also, even from the dung of the cows, hmm, which is unique amongst all uh, of the animal species, humans included, it has antiseptic qualities. It is used often in India in the villages for making like a plaster, hmm, which um, uh, cools in the summer and heats in the winter. And it keeps of all things flies away hmm? so it 's very peculiar <laughs> and um, and useful, or well, even if the, when the cow dries up, just then the dung of course is used for fertilization there's no better um, um, uh, uh, material hmm, for making the fields fertile than the manure of the cow so um You get quite a lot, as a point, for a little bit of grass. And so amongst the domesticated animals, she is revered like a princess, hmm? taken care of. So there's some reasoning behind it, some very practical reasoning behind it. And um, doing so doesn't get in the way of progress unless you are convinced that industrialization is what progress in life amounts to. And obviously, there are some benefits we have reaped from industrialization, but the downside of industrialization um, is uh, also something that 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 um, people caution about, and uh, we have seen instances of um, well um, uh, uh, problems that arise. From it at times. So, uh, you know, there's a place where there was a Gandhian idea uh, that we should not create through technology any type of technology that does more than extend one person's ability to work, rather than extend it to such an extent that people don't have work. They have so much free time and they don't know what to do with it, and um, sometimes. They do things that are less than ideal and so forth. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not advocating here that we should try to convert the world to back to an agrarian-based culture, but there, um, there, there is a fair amount of thought amongst thoughtful and progressive people in this country and in Europe uh, that we should make a step back a little bit and look at our food supply and where it comes from. Industrialization brings more food, but what is the quality of it and so forth. and uh, So the interest in local food and, and, and food that's grown organically by which the soil is protected rather than corrupted and and, and seeds are, uh, anyway, you, you're all with me on that. So, uh, so uh, the cow plays a, a significant role there and taking care of the cow is not therefore necessarily something that gets in the way of progress, as the big tractor, you know, likes to think, and uh, and the, the kind of the raping and the pillaging of the earth. And like I was speaking this morning about approaching nature with reverence and regard rather than with disregard. And uh, this began in, in Europe, really, with, with Christianity's kind of at the Christianity misunderstood, I think, is at the basis of the present environmental crisis that we experience because the church licensed the science and, and sold a miracle. We you know, it's pagan Europe, it was full of miracles. but They sold the one miracle that somebody died and came back to life, and this is a miracle that closed down all miracles. It didn't have a lot of um, selling power in India, hmm? But, in Europe, it worked and and the church took over um, uh, Europe and licensed licensed really the raping and pillaging of the earth and getting rid of the spirits uh, and so forth uh, as it was thought and in uh, and replacing them with the one true God and so forth and so it was Christianity that gave the license to science and they became bedfellows only to find that there's in the process, they're in the process of a very messy divorce at this time. <laughs> Science and Christianity. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so to rethink things is not unreasonable, given the present state of affairs. And so we do that to some extent, humbly here, and we're creating this facility. A good part of that is uh, its sustainability, and uh, and. Um, and so this is our first uh, development here, and, and we have, of course, an organic dairy. We we provide milk to how many people a week? At least 30, right now. Thirty. and we are beginning after the festival another cow. So um, I think we our goal is to be able to provide milk on a weekly basis for a hundred uh, families in the in the area. Hmm? So. Um, so, thus, um, some explanation of the, 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 you know, the uh, regard for the cow. Meanwhile, the content, the idea the, 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 of the sacred cow, which again has come to mean the, so, some superstition that gets in the way of progress, this thing can be reversed out even to the point where industrialization becomes a sacred cow and materialism becomes the sacred cow that... For example, you know, as consciousness becomes more part of scientific discussion and so forth and they try to fit it within matter, hmm? Um, materialism itself becomes like something we're committed to and then therefore unwilling to look at the picture differently. And when consciousness doesn't quite fit inside of matter, we're unwilling to think, well, maybe it's different from matter. No, it has to be part of matter. Um, So... Uh, unreasonableness we find also in the, in the, in the, in the uh, industrialized world, um, to a large extent, and they have their sacred cows, if you will. Um, so, it's on one level I wanted to say something about the cows, and then uh, to take it to another level as well, you, you have, many of you have seen the artistic depictions of the play, the divine play, the Leelas of Krishna, and invariably, you'll find uh, cows represented there. In fact, the, the the transcendent realm, if you will, of Krishna is called Goloka, which means the place of cows. Hmm? And so uh, it, it is said to be surrounded by an ocean of milk. So it means that to get there, you have to swim across an ocean of affection. You have to give your whole heart, because milk is the affection of the cow for the calf, so to speak. And... Um, and the cows they in the in the art and so forth they represent as i've explained earlier a species that basically is a giver what they take a little grass is like that's all you want and what they give is considerable in comparison and so the idea the implication is to 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 that that we should become givers. Love is about giving, right? Not about taking. And the magic of life is, of course, as we give, we actually grow. It doesn't, that doesn't <coughs> translate out logically. It would seem more mathematically that if we give, we would end up with less. But our experience is that when we give, we get more, we grow. As we give, our self seems to expand. And as we take, it contracts. We become small-minded, narrow selfish hmm? and people don't want to be around you and so forth whereas you become a giver then hmm? your sense of self is ex- is extending as you give to those that you give and and you become larger and larger so to speak you can't hold up see what I got from giving but people can see he's got something she has something she's a bigger a better person a giver hmm? So the idea is giving, but when we speak about giving and unconditional giving and loving, sometimes people raise the hand and say, "Well, if I would do that, then who will, you know, watch out for me, so to speak?" But as we know from uh, in common English parlance, it said, giving is the receiving. So as much as we don't attach getting to our giving as much as we're actually giving, and we'll find that support is there. And so, that is the whole idea. The cows symbolize the complete giving and, like an animal, turns itself over, a domestic animal, to its master and, pull me here, take me there, I will go, I trust you, and and, and, and giving milk, and, and always the implication is taken care of. That's why Krishna... Is known as Gopal. Gopal means, go means cow in Sanskrit, and Pal means to protect. So who will protect me if I just give unconditionally? You haven't got to worry about that. <laughs> that is Krishna's position. <laughs> he says, I will take care of you. I'm completely capable of doing that. And the, the <laughs> idea here is, in yoga, is to validate this. Hmm? So you have to stick your foot, your toe in the water, and then you think, okay, I'll try it. Dive in and and you see that 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 subjective world, as I said, of consciousness, is the real world. Mm. You should test this out and see if there aren't resources from there that exceed any kind of resources that I could rely upon in the objective world to protect myself. A fence, hmm? an ordinance, hmm? where they have those, you know, get an ordinance against somebody they can't come and, what's that called? restraining order or, you know, a military attempt or, or whatever it is, uh, to protect ourselves objectively speaking. Of course we're trying to protect a self that's false in the beginning. So the real self comes out and it's self sustaining, And it has the background. The spark of consciousness has a background of the fire. Fire comes into the fore. Now we live in a small world of our mind. It's so small. It's so narrow, so little. Uh, our happies, our sads, our goods and our our bads, our hots and our colds are different from everybody else's. We live in that very less than sovereign domain, and 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 we want everybody else to live inside of it and feel comfortable, even though it's not comfortable for us. It's a very unreasonable proposal. So the, yoga, the idea in yoga is to come out from the small world of the mind and this misreading of things that hot, cold, good, bad, and these dualities, hmm? and see that. Oh, I'm very small. We're allowed to, in illusion, think we're very big and important in the world of our mind. But we come out, we find that we're very small. But as we come out from the world of the mind, we find also, we meet the one who's very big. And he's very friendly. So it's okay to be small if we have a big friend. <laughs> Something like that. Hmm? Yeah. And the cows, they seek to uh, demonstrate this for us. So... Otherwise, it's said also with regard to bhakti as a, as a, as a yoga, there are different angas or limbs that, that the bhakti is made up of, just like a stanga yoga is made up of the eight limbs, yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, uh, pratyahara, dhyana samadhi. Mm-hmm. So different spiritual disciplines of India, they have, they're constituted of something, there's a structure to them. So there are angas, as is thought, which means limbs, to the angi, to the body of bhakti. Mm-hmm. And there are many. One of them is kirtan that we were just doing, hearing and chanting, hmm? Uh, meditation, and there are so many of them, hmm? many, many, many. hmm? And they're very uh, very user-friendly in a way because they pertain to ways in which we can use our senses, which we already do anyway in relation to sense objects, in such a way that an opposite effect will come about. When we use our senses in relation to sense objects and lust after them and so forth, we become uh, uh, absorbed in the objective world in, a, in an identity. A false identity arising from thinking that something is mine, my my, forms an I, right? I think it's, we are our desires, so to speak. So I think this is mine, therefore my country, therefore I am American. But the fact is that nothing belongs to me. So the I that's formed on the basis of that my is as false as the my. Hmm? It's problematic. Hmm? So, uh, so anyway, to come out from that is important, but how to do that is, is not easy because we're used to having our senses um, interacting with sense objects and so forth. So we learn in bhakti how to do that in a way that has an opposite result. So for example, we, we hear music, but we hear the chanting. Or we speak like this about these topics. We're using the tongue, we're using the ears, but the, the effect will be different. Hmm? We're tasting the food first offered to Krishna, and so on and so forth. So there are many angas or limbs to the body of bhakti, and one of them is is to to, to the, the worship of sacred trees and and cows. Hmm? And the way it's thought, the way in which to do that is to is to scratch their neck. They like that very much. and Give them fresh fodder and so forth. And so uh, Jibha Goswami has commented like this in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that taking care of the cows is a form of bhakti. Of course, you, you do it in a certain... They're Krishna's cows. It's for the ashram and so on and so forth. Uh, and this is an anga of what we call vaiti bhakti, a ritualistic bhakti. <coughs> And with regard to rag-bhakti, where bhakti becomes spontaneous rather than I'm doing it because it's supposed to be done and so forth, but just natural, without thinking, just like we, without thinking, tend to the needs of our body. The more we become identified with, with the Godhead rather than with the material side of ourself, and eventually we, we move spontaneously, like we do in relation to our body. We stub our toe, we just go out, we don't just go, hmm, we don't say, hmm, my toe has been stubbed, it is hurting now. There's no thinking, We're just out. Because the identification is so comprehensive. So to be that identified with Krishna is the idea. This is what the milkmaidens, the gopis, gopikas in the, in, the, in the pictures represent, for example. Hmm? So identified with him. And so in the Ragmarg, this uh, this uh, this cow taking care of is also said to be an anga. There, the, the, the center is hmm, that we cultivate a particular mood in relation to Krishna. What is it called? Um, uh, or it's, and then after that, uh, the the we cultivate those things that are in relation to that mood, like the mood of friendship in relation to Krishna. maybe be the center one's practice. And then we will hear and chant about Krishna in relation to that mood. And the hearing and chanting becomes one with the mood and and the mood is developing and so forth. So there are things that are in relation to it, that mood that is to be cultivated. There are things that are favorable to it, like pleasing other devotees and so forth. There are things also... um, there's vava uh, sambandhi in relation, vava uh, nucool. What is it? Favorable for the for the culture of that mood. Vava uh, Bhavavi, that which is mm, supportive. Hmm? And there's vava that which is not supportive. That should be rejected. So that which is supportive includes the care of the cows. So it has its place in Bhakti also. So in this way, we established here our our small uh, effort to put all these things in in place. And we're very happy to be celebrating it with all of, all of you appropriately. Uh, with Kirtan, this is a day in India called Gopuja. So everybody worships the cow on the, on this day. We've done our part. And are there any questions? What is the time now? 5.30. 530. So now we are going to go from here, and if you'd like to tag along, we're going to go up, not to the top, but to the next level. There's another level of the property that's even higher. But there we've made a nice pasture, and we're going to go through the pasture and into the woods a little bit, and there we have the site where we're going to build uh, the main place of meditation, worship, temple. And we're going to have, uh, we'll sit there and have a fire and we can, we can ask questions, we can discuss more. And uh, this way we'll continue. Morning we can start again, so <laughs> it's a full, full schedule. Si go puja jai, see go jai, jai,